0: That was a big student who read the responsorial psalm. Are you new in the school? Are these new, new students up here in the front row? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the scriptures today are, are really beautiful, but I, I don't find them cohesive. They, they often just complement each other, or, or they're so uh, contradictory that they make the point because they're, they're in contrast. But these today, um, um, they are offering up two themes, really, and, Maybe that's the reason it's a little unclear. But I find, when I can find one word or two words that best describe the Scriptures to me, it's easier to preach and and share it. And I think it's kind of like, tell me if I'm wrong, teachers, and parents for that matter. Don't you say this to your kids? I want you to do this and then to do that. That's it. I'm going to repeat it. I want you to do this and then do that. Now go ahead and... Go ahead, do what I ask you to do, this and then that. You repeat it three times usually, and you make it real simple. Don't give them a list of 12 things, just this and that. That's it. And today, if I had to um, sum up the Scriptures, I think the first two talk about what to do, and the Gospel talks about how to do it. And it really comes to that, down to that it's quite simple. And the what to do has to do with having faith, especially in difficult times, to endure in faith. We've been listening to Job all week, for the last two weeks actually, and every day, woe is me, oh Lord, how can this be, why me, why me, why me? And so Habakkuk, speaking for God, First listens to the people who are complaining. Why me, O oh Lord? Why do I have to suffer? Why have you turned your back on me, God? Why aren't you making us victorious again? And then God speaks back to them and says, you've got to have faith. Where's your faith? And you have to have a faith that endures all things. And so the Lord challenges them, and therefore us too, to be people that have faith in that will carry us through the rough times. And then in the second reading, it's Paul's letter to Timothy, not to a community, but to Timothy, the leader of a community. And Paul's writing from prison. He says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. Where's your faith? You must have great faith and endure, struggle, stay in there, hang in there, compete, compete with your faith. You should be people of faith. That's what, that's what you need to do, is to be people strong in your faith. Then the gospel comes along, and I think uh, in a surprising way tells us how to do that, at least one way, but kind of wraps it all up. And it's funny because it, the linkage is the question or the statement that the uh, disciples make to Jesus. They go to him to kind of plead for his help, and they say, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. And so what Jesus says in reply doesn't give them an answer, but he makes a statement. He says, if your faith was the size of a mustard seed, and they're very tiny, a mustard seed. If your faith, disciples, were the size of a mustard seed, see that mulberry tree over there? You could say, jump in the ocean and grow, and it would do it. It would obey you. Now, that's ridiculous. But Jesus, the great teacher, used a lot of hyperbole, making these Gross exaggerations to make a point. And it gets our attention that if our faith were just a tiny, tiny seed, we could tell a tree, a big tree, jump in the ocean and grow. But then, after making that statement, Jesus explains how. It's very beautiful. He describes it this way. He says, the the master of a household comes into his household And he has servants or slaves or whatever. And they're out in the field taking care of the sheep and the oxen and everything. And they come into the house. And he says, would the master of the house say this? Oh, you guys, go sit down and eat first. I'll wait. He said, no. He's the master of the house. He'd say, you wait on me. Put on your apron and feed me and give me something to drink. And when I'm finished, then you can eat. And then he says would he be grateful to them for doing their job? No, that's what's expected. Would they think that they should be getting praise and thanks for... No, that's our job. And they would serve because that's who they are. When I was in the seminary, they used to send us to different... Uh, like the mental hospital Camarillo, to AA groups or any 12-step programs because they wanted us to experience... Um, those situations so that we could uh, refer people to them and know what they were about. So uh, I remember going to my first AA meeting and um, uh, they they would have the first part of the meeting like business and talk about stuff and programs that were coming and all that. And then the second half would be all these testimonies and people would tell their story how they were drunk on the street and they finally decided to hand their life over to God or a higher power and how their life changed. And people would get strength from one another's stories. But in the first part, there were different tasks that people had. Somebody would read the minutes and somebody would do this or do that. But there was this one task where this man or woman would give out these little pins that they would pin on the people for some time of sobriety. So when a person was sober for one whole year, they got a pin. If they lasted five years, they got a pin. 20 years, they got a pin. And what I liked was after the distribution of all the pins and the applauding for all the sobriety that was going on, this is what the person would say. Thanks for letting me serve you. Not you should thank me for all the hard work I've done in getting these pins together and everything. Thanks for letting me serve you. And I think that's the how that Jesus is speaking of. How we grow in faith is we put it in action and we serve and we love and we show compassion and we forgive and we we offer our lives in service to others. I remember also when I was a very young priest, uh, we had these meetings on uh, how to form a youth group and what you should do. And they spoke about doing three things at every meeting. Or at least three things in the life of this uh, ministry as a youth group. One was to gather for fellowship, to come and have a good time, eat pizza and talk and and just enjoy, play some games. One was to pray and grow in faith so that the leader of the youth group and the leaders in the youth group would would work together to, to focus on their faith. But the third one, interestingly, was service service. Go feed the hungry, make sandwiches for the poor. Do something to serve others. And I found that this was the piece of the three pieces that did the most good for the group. This was the one that binded them together in a very beautiful way as they worked together. When I was, oh, uh, 20 years ago, uh, I got some of our youth and and our, our religious ed program engaged with the Heifer Project. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Heifer Project. School, listen to this, school. This would be a nice project. It was a project, I think, during Lent. And the purpose of it was for the kids to raise money to buy a cow or a couple of goats or a bunch of chickens, not for themselves, but for people in Africa or India or somewhere else. So, say, they'd work together, they'd do all these projects to make this money, and then they would send it and say, we want to buy a cow for these people because this cow will give them milk, and this cow will have calves, and this cow will help them to be able to be fed and, and, and even to perhaps to, to grow in some ways of working and supporting their community. I thought to myself, and, and I found it always to be true, that when the kids did this, they get to see a picture of the cow that they sent to these people, and they said, we did that. We, we helped these people. And Jesus says, don't you get it? That's how you grow. That's how you grow in faith. Faith that's just here is just here. But when it's here and then it travels down to here, and then we say, what can I do now? How can I serve now? That's when our faith really comes alive for us. So today, I really think that that. The Scriptures are just answering those two questions. What do we need to do to have more faith? And We have to have this faith to endure at all times, especially hard times. But you know how to do it is to begin to be a people who love and serve and show compassion and forgiveness. And the more that we put that stuff into practice, the more that life of Jesus comes alive in us.